What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and as always, I am here with Mr. K.C. Clapp. Thank you. I would like to be called Packy Call AC now for the rest of the episode. What is that case? Well, a packy call is a plant that is disproportionately that has a disproportionately thick trunk as compared to its height and has relatively few branches. Ah, the chode. Yes. Uh, now that you say that, I don't want to be called that anymore for the rest of the show. Thanks, Alex. You I appreciate fucking that. showed. Uh, it's a packy call. Thank you. <laughs> this guy is really sensitive about having a chode. I'm, yeah, I'm very sensitive about my packy call. Uh, hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Sorry for the dick jokes right off the bat. I, I didn't mean it that way, but then as soon as it happened, it was very obvious that's where I had to go. It's as good an entry point as any, Casey. <laughs> um, welcome to Completely Arbitrary. Casey, we have a lot to talk about today, and I would like to propose a let's get right into it. Oh, Alex. It's been a while. All right. Let's, uh, let's do, let's do uh, 20 seconds each. Oh, okay. Alex, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing really good, Casey. A lot of good things happening in my life right yeah, now. That's great. Um, some music stuff, some personal stuff, some uh, exciting plans about where I'm going to uh, hey, uh, be traveling. That's right. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling good. Five seconds. Uh, well done. <laughs> the first thing I can think of to say. <laughs> so <laughs> Alex is like, five more seconds. I'm just going to go into screensaver mode. Christmas song. What yeah. was that? Uh, uh, Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls, yeah. All right, Casey, are you ready for your 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and go. Uh, I'm doing pretty great. I got some big things coming on, uh, coming on right now. By the time you all hear this, I will be on a bike ride across Iowa, which I'm pretty excited about. It's called Rag Ride. This is the 50th anniversary. It's been on my agenda for many years. My good friend Max Anderson told me about it, and I am now able to do it. Wonderful, Casey. It's very exciting. Well, this week, we are talking about, I would say, uh, a tree a tree that I've wanted to cover since day one. Yes, me too, honestly. Really. And so this is a long time coming. We've actually planned to cover this tree uh, approximately one year ago. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but then and, we ended up not doing it uh-huh. because we were like, well, okay, well, we, we have to do this summer vacation thing. Yes. We, we got to do it during the we summer. We can't just talk about a tree. We got to tack it onto some weird gimmick. What is the problem with us? I don't know, Casey. God. But we've set a precedent and we can't stop now. We can't stop now. Yeah, Uh, so here we are. This week we are discussing, on our this week on our summer vacation episode three, we are discussing the Baobab. That's right. I think it actually should be more precisely a Baobab, Uh, which ironically is less precise. (laughs) Man, I'm good. (laughs) I don't understand. Uh there are there are like uh, nine or eight different species of baobab. Okay. I think there's nine. We are talking about a baobab. Yes, one particular species because many people actually tell them or talk to them all as as one thing. So 
Right. They're, they're ubiquitous across Africa. It's like saying pine tree. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But they're all a like... less extreme. They, they all look really similar though. Mm. So like if you see a baobab, in fact, if you go to the, um, the Wikipedia page, which I have to admit right off the bat, I use Wikipedia a lot on this one and I'll explain why later. Wow. I did too, Case. Excellent work. Uh-huh. But if you scroll down to, uh, they have like the species on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. And there are, A, just they're all epic, beautiful photos, but there are mm. just these few species that are just wah, 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 eight recognized species. And they all look really similar. Like wow. you, you don't, you, with pine trees, there's like a, a 130 some species. Sure. And you see one, you're like, eh, kind of look, okay, that one, they kind of look similar. I can sure. see, you know, your Jeffrey pine, your ponderosa pine, all the southern pine these similar thing but people would just note them all as the baobab tree yeah casey we are you know on our as a part of our summer vacation we are visiting specific trees exactly and i'm oh i'm so excited Ooh, i've got yeah. the jitters for this one hey hey calm down calm down rub your ear <laughs> There you go. <laughs> One go. block over from the Boulevard of Broken Dreams is the Avenue <laughs> uh, of the Baobabs. And uh, we are going there, God. my friend. That's right. We're going to the south and to the east across the continent of Africa mm-hmm. over to the small island nation of Madagascar. Fuck yeah, we are. I say small. It's actually the second largest island nation. Do you know what the first one is? Ooh, Greenland. No. Uh, Sicily. Bigger. Bigger. Way bigger than Greenland and Sicily combined. Island nation. Australia. It's Australia. It's Australia. Of course. Yeah. It was a bit of a trick question, but not really a trick question. Yeah. It's an island. Isn't everything an island? Right. It kind of is. It really is. I Where does it stop? Where do like we the, draw the line? There is. Yeah. There is no line. You know? Why isn't yeah, Bernie Sanders talking about this? Yeah. Seriously. The biggest island nation is actually the United States and all of the associated South and North American. Thank land you. Masses. Thank you. We know this. America's first. It's true after all. Asia. (laughs) Uh, 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 Satire. Um, Casey, we've got plenty to talk about, but we can't do so before a break. That's right. We're going to take a big breath and we're going to get right into it. How about that? We'll be right back with Baobab Talk here on Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we are talking Baobab, and more specifically, we are talking the Avenue of the Baobabs, and more specifically than that, uh-huh. Casey's scientific name? Andesonia grandidarii. Grandidarii. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would be more like grandidarii. Okay. Because it's named after a person whose uh, whose last name is grandidarii. Grandidarii. Oh my God. Grandidir is his last name. They add an I to the end of it sure. because they are uh, Latinizing it. So apologies for my... <laughs> I, I had to pronounce it several different times. And now I'm like, okay, I'm ready to say Grandidarii. Uh, and then taking off the I's is, a, you know, now it's a hard thing. I have to readjust back. I will say sometimes when, when, when we're recording this podcast and something like that happens, <laughs> I try to think uh, in my head, can I edit that cleanly? And I don't think... 
Yeah, you can. I don't think it's happening. You have the magic in your fingers, Alex. <laughs> Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Well, actually, no, that's the thing. They don't know. They don't know. That's how good your thank magic you. is. Thank you. Yes, welcome. thank you. It is named after that. In fact, this is, uh, there's, it's kind of a funny thing. So I, hmm. I did some research on this. Andesonia is the genus name. Again, there are eight species. The one we're talking about is the, uh, the either Grandidier's baobab or the giant baobab. Oh, wow. Which is endemic to, as are six other species of baobab, the island of Madagascar. Okay. There are also, there's another oh, really? species... Yeah, there it's it's there's one species digitalis I think is what it is mm. which is across the entire African kind of continent. It's just well, it's all over the place. I I've got some news on that one. That one is it's the one that everyone knows. Sure. But they also look really similar. So the one that you mm. that is the one that say Rafiki was in in The Lion King. That's okay. the 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 species that we uh Thanks like, for putting it in terms that I would understand. I just want to make sure that we're all always on the same page. Mm-hmm. So that's the digital Digitata, excuse me, not digitalis. Digitata. So, Andesonia digitata is the African baobab. It's the one you're thinking of, everyone. This is the one you're also thinking of because in the pictures, you just don't really know the difference except for sure. it's bigger and taller and more single-stemmed. Mm. Whereas the digitata is more like um, the... Uh, the Montezuma Cypress, where it's this big, giant base, but then they kind of, like like they were arguing, it's more or less just a big, big shrub. Oh, boy. That's kind of what the Digitata is like. It's a little bit lower, branches a little bit lower, has more of a rounded crown. Okay. But the one that we are talking about is made famous because of the Avenue of the Baobabs. Yes. Which is really just a grove with a road that happens to be going through it protected oh. in kind of the central west coast of Madagascar. So it's not a natural allay? No, well, it is, but the road came second. So okay. all these things it's were man- going... Oh, so sure, okay. Yeah, yeah it's man-made, and the, the road went through yes. it. Yes. But the trees themselves are about 2,000 years old. Woo! Yeah, isn't that crazy? Well, Casey, let's imagine that you and I are walking down a lonely road, Baobabs all around us hold on let me move my hair in front of my eyes can you believe that i'm a professional musician you know what <laughs> i can alex for I shame can. uh let's id this tree oh right let's id this this is the classic giant african baobab looking tree yeah baby the size of it is about 100 feet tall generally speaking it gets between about 60 and 100 feet-ish, you mm. know? The the baobabs around the, the avenue of the baobabs are all almost exactly 98 feet tall. Like, they're huh. just right there. Wow. So They must have all started growing at the same time. Very likely. Okay. And they, in fact, were growing in a forest historically. So remember, these are 2,000 years old. Many of these trees predate people actually arriving in Madagascar. Oh, sure. And here's another thing. I'm sorry. There's just so many interesting facts that yeah. come along with this. Well, hit us. They are Austral-Asian peoples. They are Polynesians. Right. They came over probably from Borneo <laughs> over to Madagascar. Wow. Before people came from Africa to Madagascar. Even though, for those of you keeping track, one's really, really, really far, the other's just kind of really far. And over a giant ocean. Yes, yeah. But it's it's absolutely mind-blowing to me. But they've had, you know, mixtures of cultures and peoples over, you know, lots of time. But 
these trees, if they are even 2,300 years old, they will be about as old as the very first estimates for when people arrived in Madagascar between like two and 500 years before the current era. Amazing. Yeah. So we're talking 98 feet, weirdly specific. Yes, I know. tree. It is really weirdly specific. (laughs) Everything I've read is like, yeah, they're about 33 meters, 98 feet. Just give them the extra two feet and call it 100. I'm just going to do that. But then again, you know, you need it to be like, because most people in the world think meters, Mm. then usually you'd be like, just call it 10 meters and call it good. Um. It's like, you know, so it... Yeah, we in America, in the the English measurement world, sure. would say, yeah, just round it up to round it up to hundred. But that's just, actually rounding it not up in exactly. every other country. In the exactly, world. they're like, what? Oh, thirty four? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's really specific. <laughs> but yes, so they are. They grow big. They have these giant cylindrical stems that are very bottle shaped. Yeah, everyone Ooh, knows yeah. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is there? They are that iconic tree. And their bark is very smooth and kind of reddish brown. It almost looks like um, like cork. But if you you know like you see wild cork, like you go to a cork oak tree, <laughs> you know, Alex. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've been to the New Seasons on Fremont and Williams. When I see when I'm out there in the woods and I see a cork board, yeah, running through the brush. <gasps> that wild is cork. Oh my god! Wow. And I take out my little pushpin. Uh, blow gun try to to stop it just so you can pet it that was dumb (laughs) i didn't think so i thought that's good um it's like that but like you know if you get a wine bottle the corks are very very smooth Mm. uh so it's the same thing but they kind of uh pop them out and they cut them this looks to me like the smooth cork Okay. So it isn't like perfectly smooth like a beech tree would be, but it kind of has a little hole in it here and there, a little, you know, disfigured, something hit it there, something chipped on that, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. But it regrows its bark pretty uh, effectively, but it grows really tall and has almost no branches, probably zero branches at all until the very tippy top. Pretty wild. And it's exactly. not like it's not like they they did have branches and then they lost them. Yeah, I think and it they is. They just though. don't start growing until that top part, right? I, I'm not sure. So this is why I had to use Wikipedia. There is a lot of research out there. It's all behind paywalls. And so I'm trying to like find all this research that I can get without paying like $75 to look at one research paper yeah. about the, you know, how the, the, the movement of different ions within the thing happens. Like, I'm just like, how do these trees grow? Like, it's nothing but stock images of like small things. Like I had a really hard time just finding open access information on the baobab interesting it's very curious there's one research paper that the wikipedia uh, page kind of goes back to over and over it's number four if anyone goes <laughs> and it's it's from the uh the missouri botanical gardens command f4 yeah and just look for every <laughs> you're just gonna find it so it's yeah it's really kind of curious but it is my understanding is they grow up and when they're young they are just not interesting trees. Hmm. No one really cares what they look like. Their bark kind of looks like uh, it gets greenish and kind of looks like it, it's ripping itself apart. Like mm. it's very smooth, but kind of has um, it has a weird kind of kind of pattern where there's like a lot of little lines crossing, and it looks like the young bark of something that is about to get really big and weird, but then it just becomes smooth and brownish gray. Hmm, interesting. So it's kind of fun, but. Suffice it to say, it grows up, 
and it does not have a lot of branches. And what branches it does have are right at the tippy top. So commonly this tree is known as the upside down tree because the branches look like they're roots that are they're up in the air. That's right. And Casey, I've got a I've got plenty of myths to talk about, local myths. Oh, great. About this tree. And they're I will so say good, there is they? a uh, uh, there is a common thread ah, <laughs> okay, all right. regarding that. Well, so once you once you get up to those little branches, on the ends are these adorable little leaves that are palmately compound. Ooh. They're alternately arranged. In fact, this is in the same family as the Saba trees. They are in the Malvaceae. Saba. So they, the, the, Remind me. Oh, that's the tree we did just last week. Oh, the, the K-pop. The, so, yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Saba. I know, we look at it and we think Seba, but it is pronounced Saba. C-E-I-B-A. Oh. Sure. So, yes, yeah, so this is a silk floss in their kin. Okay. This is one of those. I, I, I buy that. Yeah. Just looking at it. Right? You really, it does. It, like, when you, as soon as someone says it, you're like, oh, hmm, yeah, actually, totally. All these trees look like they're, um, <laughs> like they're full of something and they're like trying not to burst. Yes. Do you know what I mean? They Almost literally are. They're so sinewy. Like yeah. they just look like if you cut into them, like a big muscle would like flop out. Yes, or like a slug or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I I love that exactly. I also have one little visual analogy for the trunk, uh, the main stem. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Tr- trunk is to main stem as bush is to shrub. I, I feel like that is yeah okay pretty that's, accurate. I think that's fair. <laughs> I I don't I I agree. That's fine. Uh, so the main stem I think looks like. The body of like a trout or like a salmon. Oh yeah. Do you get that vibe? I totally do. Because yeah. it's got sort of like this big like it almost has like a rib up the center yeah, of it, like a belly. It kind of looks like there's a there's a certain kind of worm. It's not a real worm, but they call it a worm in the ocean. Mm. It has like this fan kind of on top, and that is what it looks like to uh, me, like this long go. tube worm kind hey, of thing. Both both aquatic creatures. Yes, they both are. There's something to it. So that is uh, what you see, obviously. You get up into those branches, you see these uh, alternately arranged, palmately compound leaves, nine to 11 leaflets that are kind of bluish tinged. They have apparently these tiny little hairs, but I couldn't find a good picture of that. Hmm. But there's apparently star-shaped hairs coming off. Star-shaped hairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which makes me think they just kind of all start, there's many hairs that start in one spot, so they kind of go and kind of come out. So that is the, uh, that's what you're going to see. You get up there. These leaves are edible. People use them and eat them uh, like salads, I think, or like spinach pretty often. And Man, how do you get to them? I think they wait till they fall because they're drought deciduous. Ah. How many drought deciduous trees are we going to do? Let's count. One, two. Give us your best... Three. <laughs> I was going to say, you're missing the ah, ah, Yeah, ah. that's right. That's right. I, you know, I I don't think I ever actually watched uh, Count Chocula, Dracula, Count whoever he is. The Count. The Count. You were doing the Tootsie Roll Owl. Oh. The Tootsie Roll Pop Owl. Yes, I was. Three. <laughs> Uh, the fact that you're like, oh, no, 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 I know exactly what reference he was making. Yeah. Well done, Alex. Thank Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Casey, can we talk fruit? Oh, we can. But um, first, I'm going to take you through the flower. Oh, sure. Because it's this is a nocturnal flowering tree. Fun. Yes. Which is very similar to another tree we've recently talked about last week, the Kapok. Well, it would make sense. They're in the same family. Exactly. And they're pollinated by the same thing. Bats and hawk moths and (laughs) lemurs. 
Wow. What? Yes. It's so good. So uh, many people are aware of the famousness of Madagascar being an endemic hotspot. Yeah. There's so, just like a bunch of stuff a bunch of stuff that only lives there. Exactly. And it, nowhere else in the world. Nowhere else in the world. And also like the biodiversity is supposed to be fucking it's, off oh, the yeah. charts. It's right? off the charts. Yeah. It, it is there are more than I think eighty or ninety percent of the plants and animals on Madagascar are endemic to Madagascar found nowhere else. That is wild. It was actually a part of really? India and then India split off from Africa mm. when Gondwana was initially separating. Sure. It was on the East Gondwana. So Australia went over here. Uh, uh, Antarctica stayed kind of low. As Africa and South America started to split, essentially India was like, I'm out of here and just went whoosh and mm. shot its way up to uh, Asia. On its way, Madagascar was like holding on and then looking at Africa, then yeah. holding on, and then then India was just like, I'm done, and he just left. But then by that point, Madagascar was like caught in the middle and was like, well, you're gone, and wow. Africa, you're so far away, I'm just going to hang with my own lemurs. This is the best soap opera I've ever heard. It's pretty intense. It's te- it's, it's, it's tectonic in its shifting. <laughs> So would you say that the flora and fauna of Madagascar is more similar overall to the Indian subcontinent than it is to Africa? Um, or has it been long enough where it's like... I think it's been long enough because it actually... So the the two, India and Madagascar, separated from Africa something like 180 million years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, but then they separated from each other 90 million years ago. Was stuff even alive at that point? No, it was just simple rocks, Alex. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, there was plenty of life. I, plenty. I don't know my geological timeline. I'm uh, sorry if that yes. makes so, me seem stupid. But. Well, actually, side note, when I was doing research, mm-hmm. someone said that this tree was 200 million years old. And I was like, what the? F- no way. Uh. I'm pretty sure... I mean, I'm no expert, but hold on. Let me ask my expert friend, Google. And it turns out, well, actually, I am an expert. And plants didn't even develop flowers. Like, flowering plants only developed like 130 million years ago. Uh. (laughs) And I was like, wait a second. There's no way this tree is like the one oldest tree before the ginkgos and before the dumb right. redwoods that nobody's ever told me about it has evolved it from it evolved from a protozoa yeah exactly to be here with us today <laughs> so it is uh it's not 200 million years old but uh, as you're doing research fellas folks uh, out there in the world just remember uh not everything is accurate. Yeah, double check stuff. Double check things. And that's also just a great uh, reminder um, for completely arbitrary. <laughs> Alex, stop. Um, okay, so uh, where were we, Case? Uh, we're talking about the flowers. Yes. So the flowers come out, they are nocturnal, and they are growing on this endemic island with this endemic primate, the lemur. Mm. So lemurs are also a species of primate that were shanghaied on this island and have developed with all the rest of these things. Okay. So there are lemurs that only stay on the ground and hop around. There are lemurs that climb in the trees, sugar gliders. Like there's amazing diversity of animals that are endemic with all these endemic trees. So they've all grown up together. Cool. So our species blooms at night and has white flowers that are just covered to the gills with pollen producing little stamens hmm. and then as the the bats and the moths and the lemurs come by and they get some uh, nectar they move the pollen from place to place those then 
become these big fruit that are kind of like an oversized avocado. Yeah, I kind of looked at them like a mango. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have that exact same shape. And they kind of open up, and inside are these kidney bean-shaped seeds that are super edible. People eat them a lot. They have a lot of really good oils and fats in them. Mm. And they are inside this, uh, this kind of dry pulp is kind of how it was described to me, which is also edible, but I don't know exactly how people would eat it. Okay. Um, but I'm sure, you know, you live with trees for long enough. Everyone kind of figures out their own way to prepare these of course, things. Of course, yeah. Uh, but I didn't find anything that said, here's how they do it. But those um, seeds are really important to the people in this area. Hmm. And this tree is commonly known as the tree of life, as many trees are. I think every tree we've talked about this month is a tree of life. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. So it makes you wonder, is every tree a tree of life? Now, this is interesting. Mm, very curious. Join the Patreon for more. <laughs> and we just argue every tree. Oh, this is our tree of life series where we talk about all the trees. <laughs> oh my God, a second completely arbitrary. Yeah. What have we done? Go over each one and talk about all the uses and how it's important to life. Sounds great. But because this tree grows in kind of more arid environments, mm. ironically, it doesn't like to have its feet wet. So it doesn't grow in like wetland areas. It's attuned. Yeah, exactly. But it is um, because it's the only big thing that's out there and it holds water and like the um, the physical like catchment in some places. Like there's a weird elbow and like water will sit at the top. Like, so it'll hold water and it also has these fruit that are eaten by almost everything. Monkeys mm-hmm. like to eat it. Um, all of these lemurs, you name it. And people and animals eat the leaves. And on the mainland, elephants will actually scratch off and eat the bark in times of intense drought because the bark is filled with water. In fact, the whole tree is filled with water, Alex. Ah, here's the rub. So when you said that... This tree, I, I, I purported that this tree looks like it's just filled with something and it's about to explode. Yeah. You were you were being literal there. I was being quite literal. This it is, the, is a camel's hump of a tree. It is exactly that. Yeah. It's stunning because um, I also wow. noted uh, this, this term, this packy call. And yeah. this is where you have a giant, mostly like cactus succulent-like plant that has this huge, big, mm. fat stem that supports all of the water wow. that the tree needs for lots of different things. Our tree, particularly, and baobabs generally, only use this stored water inside of their trunks to push out new flowers and leaves, and they actually will lose 12% at the minimum. At least that's one measurement that one um, one study showed 12% of the diameter size. It's <gasps> so like the trunk of the uh. tree will swell when the water is plentiful. Then at the end of the dry season, just before the rains start to come, uh-huh. it uses all that stored water to push out new leaves and flowers. And the flowers come just before the leaves. Okay. Then whoonk, everything comes out and the trees bloom and then put out leaves before the rain comes. Then the rain comes and then it refills itself. That is stunning. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. On top of all this, that stored water, they don't use it for photosynthesis. They're drought deciduous. Yeah. So they will only use their leaves and actually do photosynthesis and gas exchange and things 
during the rainy season when there's enough water in the ground for the roots to suck the water up into the xylem and cambium and then push it out. Wow. It's fantastically curious. I am now craving a time-lapse video, Planet Earth style. Oh, yeah, right. Of these trees breathing. Yeah, I, trees. the only one that I know of is uh, is a time-lapse. It's, not even, it's a time-lapse, but it's sped up just a little bit of the flowers of one of the species opening up mm. because there's a, there's a flower that looks stunningly gorgeous of one of the trees from Madagascar. And... I'm not sure exactly which species it is. They just say baobab in the in the clip. Mm. But the flowers open up at night and they look like this big long banana and then the sides of the flower kind of peel their way back and then like curl Whoa. away. So they kind of look like this they kind of pop out and then the stamens just kind of go wow and pop themselves out they so they look like this big gaudy like hello look at me like yeah. fake eyelash kind right. of flower i'm almost imagining like a uh, oh fuck what's that bird with, or like with the really curly tail and oh, it has a, like it's a bird of paradise oh uh, there you go yeah. yes okay wow that was it's, more related than i thought there uh, it's on honestly i think uh maybe not this exact episode but planet earth covers them all the time <laughs> so yeah i'm familiar with Bird. <laughs> I have this great memory, Casey, of you and I at a, uh, you know, when you're in, in your 20s and all of your friends get together for New Year's and you like rent a house for the night, you know? <laughs> yes, I uh, do. We all rented a, a big lodge yeah. for the t- 13 or 14 of us. And the night ended with you and me watching Planet Earth in the living room. It was so good. It was great. I love that. I remember I f- that exactly. I feel like a lot of a lot of those big gatherings ended with you and me doing something. Yes, because we everyone's like, "Well, I'm just gonna go to sleep," and I'm like, "Well, you want to watch Planet Earth? It's <laughs> gonna be awesome." You're my most adventurous friend. <laughs> Not that laying in bed and watching Planet Earth is adventurous. <laughs> I think it is. Alex. And I, and I am I am very much like Ooh, <laughs> Casey's. Uh, you're sure. the gander. Off to my Bilbo in, oh, a, in many ways. Wow, you know what thanks, I mean, Alex. That's really sweet. You, of you. take me on on little <laughs> adventures that I wouldn't normally do myself. Yeah, and I, I show you what dragons look like. After yeah. I puff them out of my my tobacco pipe, and then I t- I go home with all the money. <laughs> yeah, you bastard. <laughs> well, Casey, would now be a good time to go over some uh, mythology. Oh, I think it is a fantastic time. Well, then, Choo Choo Croson's homegrown trivia train is coming into station. Well, everyone, mind the. Hold on to your hats and glasses. Um, Casey, I did some research, and I, I, uh, you'll be proud of me. I, I did this research while taking a bath. Whoa. It was great. That is spectacular. Yeah. I can't believe that. Um, so, Casey, uh, the, the sort of, uh, I, from what I understand, the, the sort of predominant indigenous group from South Af- Southern Africa, excuse yeah. me, um, including the country of South Africa, mm-hmm. are named the San. Yes. Now, I want, before we get into that, there's some interesting etymology happening with this group. Oh, okay. By group, I mean like, there are like seven or eight tribes. Yeah. That that uh, sort of um, compose the, quote, San people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the word San actually comes from... The language of uh, a people who who they warred with, okay, who would derogatorily call them San, because in their language, San meant um, to pick up from the ground, because the San people 
are hunter-gatherers. Oh. And the people they were warring with are agriculturalists. Gotcha. And so they were they were using San as a derogatory term. Yeah, that's some real Cain and Abel shit. Yeah, man. It's pretty hardcore. Um, and so I read this whole thing about the, the sort of... Um, there is this uh, debate going on among the San people mm-hmm. about like what to call the people at large. Yeah. From what I understand, and there's like conferences on it and stuff and like oh, summits. Wow. Uh, maybe conferences is the wrong word. There's summits, you okay. know, where like yeah. they bring the leaders together and like mm-hmm. talk about this shit. Um, so it's, I think it's similar to uh, an indigenous um, thing where, where, from where we're from. Yeah. You, like there was Indian, right? Mm-hmm. Which was like, an incorrect name because it yeah. came from the fact that Christopher Columbus thought yeah. that he was in India. He thought he was in India. Um, so that doesn't make any sense and shouldn't be used by us. Yeah. And, and I think uh, pr- uh, most of the indigenous people that I've heard from have thought that Indian is like, nah, well. yeah, like, well, it, it's, it's very common, but we would prefer maybe something different. Yes. Yeah. So that's where you have native American, mm-hmm. but then that's using American. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's been, I think, pushed aside, and now it's just indigenous. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Which moving is, towards the thing. Like first people in Canada, they're like, no, yes. no, we're not, we're not native Canadians. We exactly. were native prior to Canada. Yes. So first yeah. nations. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I, uh, Bush. The, another name for the sand people is Bushmen. Oh yeah, but yeah. that is also derogatory. I've heard Bushmen quite a bit about um, some other things that mm-hmm. I was like, oh. I wonder who exactly they're talking about. Right. Doesn't it just so sound bad also? Yeah, it does. And like, I know, uh, like, I'm not sure uh, how, uh, like, other people, like, mm-hmm. in Africa, they say, oh, it's in the bush. So, like, the, there's bushmen in uh, sure. Africa, in Australia, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about this. I've never looked into it, though. And I believe that bushmen comes from uh, Dutch colonizers. Yes, yeah, probably. So, I'm for the purposes of these stories that I'm about to tell you, I'm going to go with San. Okay. However, the consensus among the leaders of the San tribes is that you just refer to the individual tribes by their names. Ah, uh, yeah. And not that as a whole people. Seems very simple. Um, so the 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 uh, so the ancestral land of the San people spans from Botswana, Namibia, Angola, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, and South Africa. Okay. Um, and all it seems to me from my, my research, I don't, I never, I never know how to present research cause I don't want to tell anybody that I'm a hundred percent sure. Oh yeah. You just, you just 70, 30, right? Yeah. Just, just go for it. <laughs> Plethora of myths from all of these people. From all over the place, especially cause this is probably talking about the, one of the two native African species, yes. which grow across it like out to the arabian peninsula like somalia mm. so there's like arab people we are actually the ones who came up with the term uh baobab right oh wow so it's like that well they didn't it's the term that was given to a french guy who then said what is the name of this and they said oh it's a baobab but it comes from many seeded fruit in arabic which is oh, cool. spelled i think it's like baobab or something just slightly different you know how language kind of transitions ever so slightly over yeah, time yeah yeah so, yeah, so it, it's one of those ubiquitous thing so i'd be willing to bet it's one of those trees that you're you, wherever you go no matter what people in africa they're like yeah that tree we know it we have a myth for it yeah because of, they all look so similar yeah. I mean, you know uh, i thought it i thought baobab came from that french guy um he was in love with a woman named barbara oh. he's like bab is bay like what 
Said Babas Bay. Yeah, he was he was a, he was before his time. Yeah, he really was. Pretty cool guy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Casey, here are some myths. Seventy thirty. And I do not have the the I do not have the names of the tribes for each of these myths. Mm-hmm. They all come from different mythologies, um, but this is what I have. So, tribes along the Zambezi River believe that when the world was young, in the beginning, baobabs were upright. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Which we should say is uh, there's a there's a, uh, a predicated notion here that right. currently they're upside down. <laughs> yes, that they look like upside down trees because of the growth pattern of the canopy. Yeah. Looks like a root system. So, um, and also the bottle shape sort of implies that like th- the base is at the top. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. The shape of the stem Because it gets itself. smaller as it goes to the top yes. and then the branches come out. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're really fucking weird trees. <laughs> well, these people thought so too, Case. Yeah. Um, that originally in the, the beginning of the world, these baobabs were upright and that they were proud and vain, mm. right? And they lorded their size and stature over all the other plants oh, because they're that. so comically fucking huge. Um, the gods didn't like this attitude. Can imagine. And I wrote in my notes, I, I said, hey, that's our thing. <laughs> the gods are like, step off. Yeah. Um, and to put them in their place, the gods planted the baobab upside down. Pulled it up and put it upside down. Yeah. Nice. And then pointed and laughed, probably. Ugh, gods. Such a fickle <laughs> crew. I love gods. You know what I mean. Yeah, you get it. You get um, it. A related myth to that one is that the Baobab were too adventurous mm-hmm. and would walk around the continents, right? Yeah, okay. And so uh, God put them upside down so that <laughs> their little feet would wiggle in the air like a cartoon. Oh, I love that so much. Like, you just got its head is in the sand. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. that's so good. Exactly. Um, some sand people believe that originally the Baobabs grew in the heavenly garden mm-hmm. of paradise, which was their their word for heaven. Yeah. Um, many other uh, religions and mythologies. Uh, and the god Thora had these planted in their garden. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I don't have details on this, but Thora took a disliking to the Baobab. Oh. It's like, I, maybe because it was so mighty and majestic it, yeah it felt some sort of competition or like they were taking you know the baobabs were taking detention away from this god this mm. is all purported yeah hey you know what this is just what i heard from a friend some tweets I, floating I, around exactly this is just just it's on the it's in the ether or excuse me some threads yes floating around no longer tweets yes precisely um, i'm going with facebook's new tweeting program that's exactly the reference i was making casey 10 yes. out of 10 yes no longer do we rate my references. We rate how well you pick up on what they mean. <laughs> so Thora took a disliking to these trees mm-hmm. and picked them up and threw them over the walls of paradise. Yeah, and out. down, 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 down they flew and they landed in here on earth. Upside down. They landed upside down. Gosh, I just love this. So everyone, so this is the thread you were talking about. Uh, Most peoples are like, yeah, these trees are upside down. Yeah. I love that. Which is curious to me because when I look at them, that's not my first thought. I just, I think, oh, what a curious looking tree. Yeah. Um, But it must have been in the sort of uh, 
you know, the, the what is it called? The global subconsciousness. Yeah, right. Uh, enough. Exactly. To be a thing across multiple tribes and multiple religions and mythologies. Yeah. And that is something I think is really like su- super curious because mm. you got to wonder, like, did all these people share it or was it one people that then spread out and became multiple people mm. over time and they all carried the same kind of base myth with them. Sure. You know, it's always one of those curious things like did it all happen separately? It's very possible. Yeah. Or was there this very stepwise kind of distribution that came out? Yeah, of it? interesting. Very curious. Also, this is the same thing with like natural history where did this evolutionary thing happen once and mm. then are all these things related or is it convergent where they all happen separately in different uh, genealogies? Well, Joseph Campbell teaches us that the latter is true. Um, that myths, uh, the same sort of myths yeah. appear across time and space yeah, through human history. Yeah, unrelated people. Yeah. Do you ancient, know what, ancient Greeks and ancient Japanese yeah. have the same stories, essentially. It's wild. Yeah, but then, you know, you can think to yourself... People all started as one one group, one mm-hmm. species that then spread out. So it could be that that happened way back then. Yeah, but we maybe. also have uh, startlingly similar shared experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, maybe it's just the the human umwelt comes up with the same things every time, yeah. or at least many of the time. Definitely case. Here's another interesting. Question. Oh, we could talk about this forever. I love it. Why and how do people know that that's what a tree's roots look like? Interesting. This is my big question. Like, well, they, I'm sure they harvested trees for for I suppose for their roots for yeah, medicinal purposes. You like and you stuff. pull, yeah, exactly. You like pull up a small shrub or something. Yeah, because you can't pull up a huge tree. Like you have to maybe dig around the roots. Yeah, but you don't. Like now we know because we can take and like see them. You know, we can take away all the soil or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm very curious. Maybe a tree fell over and they saw the roots sure. of it. But I'm always just. It's always just like one of those things. I'm like. How do you guys know that's what the bottom of a tree looks yeah, like? Yeah, huh. like Stonehenge. Yeah, exactly. How do you know? How do they do it? <laughs> how do they know how to how to how giant rocks looked? <laughs> um, okay, Casey. Here are some. Here are are, are a few uh, ways in which the tree interacts with people. Yeah. Around its mythologies. So there's a sh- this shared idea among the sand people mm-hmm. that when a baby boy why not a girl is washed in water that's been soaked with, um, baobab bark. Yeah. And he will grow up to be strong and mighty like the baobab. Yeah. I, I've read that as well. And it, there's, there was another thing like if you did something wrong, you'd be eaten by a snake. I got so, you. Is that, what is that yeah, one? So, well, let me, let me give you this one first okay. that women living in villages with baobabs, were more fertile than women living in villages yes, without. Yes, I read that too. And I wonder, so the 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 article I read purported that it's because they would drink a tea. Yeah. They had lots of vitamins, and but that's like, that seems almost negligible. Um, well, I, I heard a similar thing and it also had to do more with uh, the, like the seeds and things. Yeah. Because you'd eat the seeds and you'd get a lot of those, the vitamins that normally wouldn't be available because the tree pulls it up from the soil, puts it into itself, and then you eat that. Sure. But also, can't you find those nutrients in other things? Potentially in other plants, yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Well, I want, I, you know, we've, we've talked about studies that show that, um, you know, people who live in neighborhoods yeah. with more trees 
yeah. lead, lead overall happier lives than people without. There you go. So there's less stress maybe, so which I, means exactly. more Yes, yes, yes. I see where you're getting at. And I wonder if I wonder if that's been done by, who's the who's the econ- economist living in Portland? Oh, uh, the Daniel, uh, Donovan, Jeffrey Donovan. Yes, I wonder if uh, if he has seen a correlation between fertility rates and... Baobabs. Um, and <laughs> yeah, the, those old Portland Baobabs. Yeah, I don't know about fertility rate, but certainly uh, uh, health... Yeah, he, he's measured baby weight. So oh. more trees are correlated with higher and more healthier uh, ba- weights for babies. Sure. But also more trees around, you're happier, you just want to you just want to have sex and make babies. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, hey, that's what you got to do. That's why the shade's there. Casey, the the this crocodile or this uh, snake thing you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the flowers are thought to be haunted by evil spirits. Oh. Because they come out at night and they're yeah. white. They're ghostly white. Yeah. Um, if you pick one, ah, uh, that's it. You will be killed by a lion. <laughs> However, horrifying. If you drink a tea made from the seeds, you'll be protected from crocodiles. <laughs> so hey, it's not a one to one. It's just two different things. It's just two different things. Yeah. Don't pick the flowers and do drink tea. The yeah. seed tea. Honestly, It'll I love I love myths. I think they're so good, and I'm always so curious how myths relate to the experience and like how they got started yeah you know is it just someone's observing something and you know, came up with a cool story myths say a lot about the people yeah. that write them because it also i think it's it's very curious where it's more just a lesson you know like maybe it was just some some mom out there who's like who told her daughter like oh, don't do that because we eat the seeds so if you go and pull the flower out then you're not going to get the fruit then we yeah. don't have the food oh wow so don't do that you're going to get eaten by a crocodile and yeah the kids are like oh okay okay right. i'm sorry mom i'm not going to do that don't watch the tv so close your eyes will turn yeah, square exactly so it's like all these fun little things that have become myths but they are all based potentially whether in some real thing a lot like it literally could be someone just made up some random thing yeah and it worked because it made people respect you know this later thing who knows yeah i mean like cautionary tales yeah are a massive theme it's in, just so good. in myths god i love that it's like most myths are telling you not to do something or else this will happen yeah exactly yeah i think you're right it's like um, you know like don't don't go into the woods or you'll get captured by bandits right you know it's like well there are no bandits in the woods but i see what you're saying now but you'll step in a hole and break your ankle <laughs> exactly you to do that so yeah. I better scare the shit out of you yeah scare the shit out of you you're, you're gonna stay in your yard kind of thing uh, well yeah Casey so good. that was Croson's Homegrown Trivia I love Croson's Homegrown Trivia it's a lot of fun for me too and um, we'll post the link to that to that article I read on our show notes excellent well let's uh, let's circle back around on this tree and close this talk out with a couple other interesting things about the tree's biology I love these episodes that are just wall to wall fun yeah, facts we're just going going fun facts straight baby fun facts can I tell you one time I was uh, talking with somebody at a it's over a year ago mm. at a little little uh, party for nursery people talking about a botanic garden here in Portland and I was talking to someone and I was like yeah I run a podcast it's called Completely Arbitrary by the way that, that sentence could not have sounded more high society <laughs> thank you i was trying not to make it high society but you know uh, let, me, let me let me twist my mustache real fast thank you mm, there we go. you had your little uh you had your little uh thing of champagne your yes, tiny little goblet tiny little goblet but it was worth six hundred dollars <laughs> complaining about the cheese selection well go honestly ahead. so i felt i felt very similar to that because i was you know just a normal dude being like yeah all right cool botanical garden yeah okay i'll come mm. i, I want to support it and there's all these people who are you know a little fancier like architects landscape architects like 
like mm. people who are paid very well to do things that I, you know, don't understand. Sure. And so I was like, yeah, we run these things about, you know, trees and other related topics. And the guy kind of like looked at me. He's like, oh, this is just f- fun facts about trees. Uh, I know. And I was just like, ah. Did you, did you wish I was there? I did. Yeah. Because he could have audibly seen you crush the glass in your hand. <laughs> like, it's far more than fun facts, except for every now and then when the tree is just so fascinating, there's nothing else to talk about. Fun facts. Yeah. It was very, it was oh, very upsetting. It's so much more. However, yes, more fun facts. Here are a couple more. Here's some fun facts about a tree. So the we can say it. Yes, but no one else can. Like yeah. we can beat up on our podcast, That's but not right. you. That's right. This is uh, so. It's a tree that I read many different things about, and this is probably what made it more challenging than a lot of trees. There are there's plenty of information, but there's a lot of disinformation about these trees. Interesting. Because no one quite knows exactly how they grow, or rather maybe no one is reading the the sources that have like scientifically tried to figure this out. But that doesn't stop them from writing about it on the internet. It sure doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they did. So I kept looking through and I was like, give me a botanical description. I cannot find someone who like every episode, you go to our web our website, you go to the notes, you click on the first one, it gives you a botanical like here's how to identify the tree right. i cannot find wow. a really good source on that incredible which is why it's going to be wikipedia because wikipedia goes to number four <laughs> the annals <laughs> of the uh what is it it's the the annals of some botanical thing from the mid 90s i think mm. from the missouri botanical gardens and it's uh, essentially wow. reorganizing the uh the species and the genus of andesonia cool so essentially the wikipedia is just saying yeah here's all the stuff from the botanic gardens and from uh, encyclopedia Bot- botanica Bruh. and from hey. encyclopedia and from Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. So, encyclopedia. Oh, fuck me. It's hard. Encyclopedia Botanica could be the next billion dollar idea. Oh, it sure could. Yeah, that's going to be. That's going to be a good one. Anyway, so this is. It's a tree that people are like, yeah, it grows bark on the inside, and it regrows Mm. bark. And I'm like, hold on, trees don't do that. What do you mean by that? It turns out that. Sometimes the baobab will grow as multiple different trees, like individual stems of trees that all grow from one spot. Okay. They grow up and then their bark and their sides fuse together. Mm. And then it creates this hollow center. Wow. That has bark on the inside. What the fuck? Yeah. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But then people will often, for thousands of years, have actually carved holes in the tree, mm. gone into it, and many people are like, yeah, they get water straight from the tree. It's like, well, they do. The tree itself holds water within its parenchyma cells in the wood. Mm-hmm. It fills itself with water. But that water is not accessible. It's like literally inside the wood. Sure. Like literally thousands upon thousands of gallons of water in one individual tree. You just like press it out or something. Exactly. Elephants like chew it out, but they're yeah. also eating the wood itself. Yeah. So you have to, you get water that way, but it's like essentially eating a bunch of rice. You're getting the water that is sucked into the rice. 
Right. <laughs> yes. So, or, or a piece of fruit. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't you you don't like squeeze a piece of fruit and well juice. Some Never of it do. Yeah, this would be like uh, essentially a banana. Yeah. Like, it's not it's, like there's a well in the middle of the yes, tree. But here's where it gets confusing. There are some times oh, wow. where people literally let it fill up with water. Oh sure. Yeah. And then they use it as essentially a storage tank. That's incredible. So it, it's obviously it's very confusing because there's such big trees they use them as sort as water storage tanks. Mm-hmm. The trees themselves store water, so people have con uh, have, have connotated those things yeah, together. Okay. So very curious. Wow. The tree itself, like I said, will store water in these old cells which are no longer active. As everyone knows, the xylem is just the outer section of living wood on the very, very outside underneath the bark. Then, on the outside of that is the phloem, but if you go in, you get the sapwood, right? Mm-hmm. The sapwood is like maybe a few rings of growth which are still alive, but then everything in between the last of the sapwood and the very center of the tree is inert. It's plugged up with tyloses and it's no longer functioning as water storage to move up and down the tree. That's your heartwood. Yes, exactly. So these are baobabs they will store water in these parenchyma cells that kind of go sideways, but it will actively have to like move the water through the the cells themselves. Like the cells inside will be saying, okay, let me get some water. And then it'll slowly but surely pull mm. the water out and move it up. So it's not like a storage tank of water for the tree. Right. And then sometimes there's bark on the inside of these hollow spaces because the trees grow in a weird way. Casey, remember, remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about like fake news yeah. tree in terms of tree stuff uh-huh. on like Instagram. Yeah. People would be like, the tree is, uh, the tree is screaming because you can hear the, yeah, put you your know, view to it. Yeah. Right. There's something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is, this is ripe for misinformation about yes. this tree. And it's been out there. Well, it's a 200 million old tree. So, you know. Well, so it's a it's a fun it's a it's a fun interesting thing where these things have been kind of convoluted. Yeah. But here's another uh, quick fun fact. Let's hear it. Is that these? And then we're gonna go to break. And then we're gonna go to break. They I, I brought this up at the beginning with this uh, Packy calls, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool kind of tree. So apparently there are many different trees that grow like this, but a lot of them are monocots. They're palms or cycads also, which are conifers. Sure. Technically speaking. Yeah gymnosperms for sure so there's a lot of weird trees and there's an entire section of growth like an ecosystem in southern madagascar that's called the spiny forest cool and it's filled with trees like the foquiria columnaris and other like really strange uh species that are covered in spikes and then have a few leaves and a few branches that come out. And they are just these big, giant stems that fill with water. That's wild. It's really crazy. They are some of the longest-lived trees, our baobabs now, specifically these kinds of trees. Yeah. And there's no other tree that I've ever heard of that stores water the way that they do. They're essentially a succulent. But yeah. they're also woody trees with xylem and phloem and all the and normal things. current growth. Yes. Or secondary growth. Exactly. They put on rings going out. Is that excurrent? That is, and that's not excurrent. That's just your secondary growth. Okay, secondary growth. Their, their, their oh. whole form is excurrent. I was yes. mixing up terms. 
but you're you're right no matter how you look at it. Cool. So it's really like very curious thing, but some people are like, well, what's a true actual succulent, which is, you know, just scientists arguing about some dumb arbitrary term. But there is like this really kind of interesting question where um, are they storing it in these big leaves and then the leaves are doing it? Are they storing it in the trunk? What What's the tissue? How is it moving? Yeah. So it's really curious, but because the trees store so much water in their stem, this is something that truly blows my mind. Ooh. The way that they stand this, up. By the way, this is the climax of the episode before the, we go into the oh, prologue. This is, this is the climax. Let's hear it. Have you heard of Turger pressure before? Yes, I know this. You, you told me about this, um, where if you imagine you have a house plant mm-hmm. and you go a little too long without watering it mm-hmm. and the leaves will look kind of sad and wilty. Yeah, they start to droop a little. And they're not dead. They're yeah. just, they're still green, but they're like droopy and kind of, eh, don't have any like backbone to them. Yeah. The reason that that happens because there's a lack of water and the water pressure going through the leaf is what makes it stand out straight. Exactly. And firm. Yes. And it's that's like called blowing tur- up a balloon. Yes. Perfect. And that's called turger pressure. Exactly. Yeah. So the baobab. Uh-huh. Half stands and holds itself up with turger pressure throughout the stem. Wow. So this tree is woody, but it's also like not the strongest, woodiest tree in the world. And often the center will even decay out of it or will be cut out and used as a bar. Everyone in every popular thing also includes the fact that at one point it was used as a prison for something, probably runaway people from colonizers. So Mm. it is a fascinating tree in that regard. But I was just like, it blew my mind that it uses the same thing to hold itself up this turger pressure to literally keep itself standing up straight so if it starts to lose water the tree itself doesn't droop but it loses its strength because it has now moved itself down the evolutionary track to say i've adapted my wood to store water in order for my wood to store water i've moved away from being really strong rigid wood like a douglas fir would be Mm -hmm. and now i'm actually using the pressure of the water that i'm storing inside my cells to help keep me upright that is fucking wild they're crazy trees well casey uh uh just an at the very least, you have to say that this tree is remarkable. Am I right? At the very, very least. And we are going to diminish its existence by giving it a cone score, which must happen after the break. We'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back. That was our discussion of the Baobab. We're going to give a cone score. To this tree, and here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on the tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey, as our resident expert, will begin with you. Baobab tree, ours the giant baobab or Grandidier's baobab, I think is it's one of the most iconic things in the world. Mm. They are the redwoods of Madagascar. Wow. And they are just like, like you, you see pictures of like groves of redwoods or sequoias. There's just this boom, 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 boom. Like you just see these giant monoliths and nothing else. Yeah. And then you see a picture. You can just look up baobabs. 90% of the pictures that you're going to see are of the avenue of baobabs. True. Because there's just like 
20 or 30 big ones right next to each other. Iconic. Exactly. It's iconic. So as an iconic tree, they, they have their due. They're one of the oldest living or oldest growing, I don't know what's the term I'm looking for. They live the longest of almost all broadleaf trees. Mm. So just like our Saba, it is the tallest of the broadleaf trees and maybe one of the oldest. This is certainly one of the oldest, but because it decays, no one knows for sure. The rings, because of all this weird wood stuff that they do. You do love a superlative tree. This is a superlative tree on the broadleaf side. By many means. Yeah. So I got to say, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the baobab. Also, it's getting kind of a bad rap right now because they're kind of just dying. Hmm. Climate change is not really treating them very well. Damn. Um, they're also not being planted. Habitat destruction is taken away. So there are active uh, organizations trying to protect these species. And again, they're endemic to this island. If they leave or the, the island goes through all these climactic changes and these people are desperate and they have to do things, these trees are probably not going to be the first thing to be saved. Yeah. So, well, actually, they very well might be the first thing to be saved. But then once you're down to desperation, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. So <clears throat> the, this entire area has been going through, like in 2021 and 2022, uh, pretty intense famine and drought. Mm. So it's like this tree that has all this mythology and it goes back so long with all these people yet climate change and the people themselves are desperate. Like the whole thing is kind of this, this story wrapped up in a thousand different parts of like intrigue and curiosity yet also real life tragedy. Yeah. It's all, it's all there. And at the same time, it's not just like, let's take this, weave this story around this one tree we don't have to do that at all. It's it's already there. Like mm. the tree itself is iconic. If this tree was a dime a dozen and you could just walk down the stream like, oh, yeah, well, there's another baobab, just like we can do with redwoods here or down in California. Pretty cool. It would still be sick. It would still be an iconic yeah. tree. So for iconness in just straight up, got to give it like a 9.7. Damn. Like, this is one of the most amazing trees and it grows in such a curious way. Yeah. I have yet to find another tree that does either A, the same thing in such a grandiose, extraordinary way. <laughs> and B, I can't find another tree that does it so well. Yeah. Like there, all the other trees that look kind of like, yeah, okay, there are all these other albacalls. They're not albacalls. All these other packy calls. Which, by the way, means like uh, uh, fat skin, hmm. or like big stumpy, like pachyderm. It's the same thing. Oh. Like big, kind yeah. of huge, huge, like goo, goo, goo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is pachycalls. Calls meaning the outside of the stem. Like our white bark pine. Pinus albicollis. <laughs> anyway, everything's Far connected. Far afield, Casey. <laughs> so. Come on. I think 9.7 is appropriate for a tree that yeah. is just, it's got everything and it's the most fascinating thing about it. I'm going to go 9.8. It's 9.8, Alex. Very well done, it's Casey. Just, it's, it's out of this world. 9.8 Golden Cones of Honor for the Baobab from dendrologist Casey Clapp. That's a right. fan, I would call you, of this I, tree. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, Casey, I am also a fan of this tree. Mm-hmm. I think this tree... Oh, I think you put it best when you said that this tree is iconic. Yes, technically you said that, and I agreed. Well, I think I put it best when I said that this tree was iconic. That's, mm. that's a pretty cool move. <laughs> I think I said it best when I said this tree's iconic. <laughs> recite, your, or recite yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. It's a real power move. <laughs> yeah. I um, think I said it best. <laughs> <laughs> the utility, the aesthetics, the place in mythology and culture 
religion, I'm sure, although we didn't oh, really yeah. get into that. This this tree gives back so much, Casey, and it has so much to give, and it's just full of fucking water. It is. In a place that, especially now, is suffering from drought. Exactly. Um, boy, you know, I gotta give this at least... A 9.75 golden cones. 9.75 at the minimum. At the minimum. Yeah. That's a sliding scale from uh, given given the 9.75 to like 9.9. I don't uh, think I can go 10 for some reason. Yeah, I was I was curious why because I, I was like both of us can't quite go 10. And I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other 10s. You know what I would think would put it over the 10 for you? Uh, if it actually did grow mangoes. <laughs> yes. That would be the thing. If, if the fruit was not just like a nice, a nice savory seed. Yeah. The fruit was this incredible, like succulent fruit. Oh, for sure. Just like, that would be a 10 out of 10. No problem. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, if it grew 100 feet taller. Okay. Like it's, it's massive and it looks really cool. But if that massiveness just kind of, uh, reticulated out another, uh, another section. Right. Like if each branch also became a little baobab. Oh wow! Then I would be like, "Holy shit!" It's like a it's like a compound tree. Yeah, exactly. Like think of all the biggest trees. Like they have all these wild, wacky things. The baobab is all the things, but it is also a little bit refined. Yes, it's also a little bit like mm-hmm. uh, no. This is where I'm going to put my branches. It, it's honestly, it's weirdly minimal. Like, it is. It's yes. just like it just looks very like there's no extra parts to it. It's nothing. Yeah. It's just very like straightforward. It is a well seasoned. It's a it's a ribeye with salt, and that's it. Exactly. Now I would be like, give me some mushrooms on there, and that'll put you up to oh, the top, brother. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that was our review of the Baobab. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. We've got a fun one today, Case. Okay. I kind of felt like doing a fun one. And today we got one from John. Hello, John. Hi, John. John says, imagine you're creating a new fighting video game. Casey, think like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. Okay. All right. All right. I'm trying to think. Okay. Um, got it. Or like Super Smash Bros. I see. That's the one that I can think of because yeah. that's the only one I really have any familiar with. Sure. And just so you know, I'm very bad at that game. Oh, Casey, you would crush me at any fighting game. That is my biggest genre blind spot. Really? I suck at fighting games and racing games. Wow. So Mario Kart, Super Smash, terrible. See, I don't I even do, enjoy yeah. them. I also don't really enjoy them. Like, they're not my favorite kind of games. Yeah. But everyone I've ever hung out with my entire life loves both those particular two games. Right. Super Smash and Mario Kart. I, mean, I prefer Diddy Kong Racing myself. They're very... Oh, me too, Casey. Thank you, Alex. Finally, validation. John asks... So, oh yeah, we're making a video... We're making a yes, fighting game, we're making right? this video game. Okay. But with trees and other related topics as the selectable fighters. Oh. So can you, can you imagine a screen of little squares with little portraits in them and you select okay. your fighter, right? You select your tree, essentially. But yes. also their related topic. You're, choos- you're choosing your oh. tree. So, Casey, we are going to each choose okay. a fighter that is okay. a tree and a finishing move. Oh, yes. Um, we answered this question on the Patreon. Yeah. and I, But I don't remember what we said, honestly. Yeah, which is appropriate because we want to do it anew. That's right. Okay. So, Casey... Let's each choose a fighter, and then maybe let's simulate, uh, let's simulate a fight between the two and mm-hmm. see how it would go. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. I'll start. Okay. 
because it's on my mind and because I admire it so much, I'm going Baobab. Wow. <sighs> it, this is going to sound horrible. My first thing uh-huh. I was going to choose was Peach. And just <laughs> just choose whatever whatever yeah. Princess Peach does. A floaty peach tree. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what it does. Well, I'm choosing Baobab. Okay. All right. It's a big, thick character. Yeah. Can take a lot of damage, you take know? Take a lot of damage, yeah. And here is my... And it kind of a slow, I yeah. think. Kind of a slow fighter. Like, it punches kind of slow, It also... It, it can't punch low, you know? It's tall. Yeah. So, you, you can't... You know, you got little arms. It's like a T-Rex. So, right. you have... Your your arms are not... The branches, it's not your thing, So, right? if you crouched in front of me... Yeah. I couldn't hit you. Yeah, you couldn't get me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I could kick with my head, which is underground, because upside down. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so you can just go goo goo from underground. Like yes. A, like one of the things from uh, Tremors. I see. Exactly. The, okay. the, the Tremor worm. Yeah. Um, and here's my finishing move, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I go, shh, and the whole screen turns nighttime. Oh. And I open my flowers, and <laughs> ghosts fly out. Evil spirits fly out of my flowers <laughs> and surround you and decay you. Oh, that like sounds horrible. In, in like real Indiana time. Jones. Yeah, they melt you like the... Ark of the Covenant. Whoa. Yeah. That's right. that's my finishing Holy move. Shit. So I'm like this big brawler that's very slow, almost yeah. like a Bowser type. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. then I just hunt you to death. Wow. <laughs> what are you feeling, Ooh. Case? Who's your fighter? All right. So the first thing that I had thought of mm-hmm. was uh technically Peach, but I'm not really gonna choose Peach. Right. I had thought of doing a strangler fig. And Ooh, yeah. so as a character, it's there. Choose a strangler, strangler fig, and it would just slowly whip out at you and like mm. strangle you. But it would do that a few times. But the finisher would be that it jumps on top and then sends down its strangles. Oh. So you can't you can't hit it. It's like on your back. You're like ah, like immobilizes ah. you. Exactly. Then it just grows over the top of you until you're you're a goner. Wow. Strangles you to death. And just like sucks you into its into its form. Yeah, exactly. So that's that, that really was, cool. That was my initial thought. Can I can I give you a, a a move? Yeah. That maybe you could use like if you hit up and A at the same time. Yeah. Um it sends like uh, a uh a wasp out. Yeah, like the fruit opens up. Yeah. Oh yeah, or it's or it throws a, a fig like a little hand grenade. Yeah, you and it, when it blows up, wasps. wasps come out oh. and sting you. Maybe I should just choose this one. <laughs> what was your other idea? My other idea was uh, the Socotra dragon tree. Oh. Uh, because mostly one, you're brute, you grow in the desert areas. Uh-huh. So I also wanted to attack you with a, with another kind of deserty tree. Okay. Uh, but the Socotra dragon tree famously regrows its heads if you cut it it'll regrow its new new top so you can hit me all you want but i'm just gonna regrow like a hydra sure and if you are fighting me i have very sharp pointed things so i can use my my head of my crown as like a a sharp pointed uh uh, like shield yeah so you you like you swing a punch at me all i have to do is press i don't know b or whatever Mm -hmm. and then it'll be wing and then you'll hit my shield and yeah, you'll poke yourself. I love and then you'll that. Be upset. That's called in a in video game parlance. That's called thorns. Ah, yes. Yeah, so this is thorns. Where this is if what you I do. if you hit if I hit you and you have 
thorn damage yeah. means I take damage whenever I hit you ah. or I'm near you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. is it. Same thing. I love that, Casey. And can I, can I, can I, a uh, little visual detail Please. might be kind of fun. You know, sometimes they'll have like character interactions, uh-huh. like special character. Inter- if you play with this character and this character and this character kills character B, uh, there'll be like some special sort of thing, yeah, you know, because gotcha. they know each other in the lore or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're brothers. Um, Maybe when uh, when I when I when I slice you down, uh, or when I haunt you to death, <laughs> you uh, explode in this v- red blood, yeah, visceral gory. gore fest. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that'd be kind of fun because you're filled with blood. I think that makes very good sense. Wow. See, my How finisher fun. move though was to take one of my one of my branches, mm-hmm. you know, and like little blood comes out. Oh, yeah. My finisher move is to sacrifice one of my branches. Oh, cool. Because remember, the Sakota Dragon Tree, it's famous for like splitting off. It has that exact kind of symmetry where it's like the, the way it grows is a is a, a general general term for how trees grow in that umbrella shape. Yeah, it's like a fractal pattern or exactly. something. Exactly, yes. I want to do that, but I'll cut off one of my fractals and I don't have, you know, I only have a few of them. Sure. Like, I only have the X amount. So as soon as I cut one off, it's it's used. Only have three more uses. Yeah. So it gets cut off, and I throw it at you, mm. like a, kind of like a little grenade kind of thing. Okay. It's not going to explode, but as soon as it hits you, it kind of splats you with blood. Wow. Which is my sap. What does that do? It calls in a dragon. <laughs> yeah. And then wherever I hit you, the dragon will come in and go ooh and like wow. blow fire over there. So it'll damage you wherever uh, wherever that little splat of my sap ended up on your oh, stem. Oh, that's great. So if I can get that right at the end, then the dragon comes and the finisher would be, you know, you do it once, twice, then the dragon comes in, you, you know, you're hurt, but you're not mm-hmm. dead. So the finisher would be that they throw it and it lands on top and then your entire crown just gets burnt off. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds great. That's what I choose. Wow, can I can I uh can I tell you when you what I th- where I thought you were going, where I wanted you to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. As kind of a joke. I was like, I you th- you throw the branch and it creates a puddle of blood and I slip on it like a cartoon. <laughs> 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 and then fall over. Oh, well, I just knocked the air out of his breath, out of his lungs. So that tree's done. Pretty effective. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, John, for your fun question. I love those ones, Case. Wow, we got to make this video again. That sounds great. If you have a question for us about trees or unrelated topics, excuse me, other related topics, not unrelated. No, well, I, sure, why I not? prefer that. Yeah. Uh, join the Patreon if you want to support this podcast. Patreon.com slash arbitrary pod. It means a lot to Casey and I and the podcast at large. If you give us a little monthly support, we much appreciate it. I think we're going to start offering um, yearly lump sum supports, Casey. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Cool. This is a new thing with Patreon, and oh, I'm going I'm to try to set it up because we've had a couple requests. Interesting. Um, so keep an eye on our Instagram for updates on that if you're hey, interested. Hey, all right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, learning about it all right at the same time. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. Here it is. Um, of course, the crown jewel of our Patreon is the $10 tier, the Cone of the Month Club. It's just what it sounds like. Every month, we send you a cone sticker. That is a conifer cone illustrated by an independent artist, a different one every month, a different artist every month, and a different species every month. And it comes with a little info card that tells you a little bit about the species, a fun fact, where it grows. You can collect those, make your own little cone collection, just like Casey Clapp. It's really nice. Casey, 
Alex Croson. Wow, our summer vacation is almost over. Huh? Almost over. We got one more stop. I don't want to go back to school. Please, can All we move right. to uh, Madagascar? We can. We can move to Madagascar, and that'll be just fine. Amazing. Not uh, that I couldn't go to school in Madagascar. Yeah, well, could, we could be like the the wild thornberries. Yeah, we'll we'll do our own school. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Well, I, I I got my degree from the school of hard knocks. Okay. <laughs> you did. You know what? And you know wherever you go to school, school's in session. Wherever you're at, school's in session. I botched that one. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary Summer Vacation. Uh, go put on your sunscreen, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>